This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julian Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives. Little Nellie of Holy God was born in 1903 in Ireland, and she only lived four and a half years. And little Nellie had a rough go of it. First of all, she was the fourth child in a family, and her father, because times were very difficult and hard, he had a couple of choices. He was either going to immigrate to the United States and make a go of it, and maybe send for the family or send money home, or he had to join the military. Those were kind of his two options. And he decided to join the military. Well, little Nellie was the youngest of the four. And then when she was two years old, her mother died. The dad, because he was in the military, he tried to have care arranged for his kids and everything. I think the oldest was not even nine. And it just wasn't feasible. So what he did was there were two boys and two girls. And so he sent them to religious schools, uh, boarding school kind of situation where they could live and go to school. And, and that's what he was, uh, that was the decision he made. And so um, he left them basically in the care of the church. And so little Nellie, came to know all the sisters as all her mothers. She was very much loved, but she had, it became apparent that she had illnesses. She had a curvature of her spine and then she had a disease in her jaw that was kind of eating it away. And, and then eventually she gets diagnosed with tuberculosis. And so the prognosis is given that she doesn't have long to live. And so she lives at the convent about two or two and a half more years. And during this time, she grows in holiness. And maybe it's her environment, all these mothers she's had, but her own mother, who never was without the rosary in her hand. Her mother was very pious, and, and, and it's, it appears that her father was too. So she came from a very uh, religious family that loved the Lord a lot and taught her even as little as she was to really love the Lord. And uh, so anyway, now she's in the care of these nuns who start her schooling. You know, she'd get to go on the playground and things like that, but then she got too ill and she ended up having to be in the infirmary all the time. She would talk about these experiences that she had with Holy God. And one time, and I know as we're getting closer to when she's four, when she can actually verbalize herself and, and, and talk, and she talked with a lisp and everything, but sometimes the sisters would ask her 
she'd say they were one of her mothers. Sometimes they'd ask her, aren't you lonely, Nellie? Aren't you lonely? And she'd say, oh, no, I'm not lonely. Holy God comes to, to visit with me. He was standing right there, she'd point, you know, or standing right where you were. And it was interesting because something mystical was going on with this little girl because she could know things that maybe in a childlike way of expressing it that that a child or anybody couldn't know. For instance, one time somebody fibbed to her. They said they had gone to mass and they hadn't. And she said, oh, no, you haven't. You haven't gone to mass. You don't have holy God in you. And they never figured out why she called our Lord Holy God. But she was very much a child. Like there was this statue of the infant of Prague. And when someone gave it to her and explained to her that was Jesus, she goes, oh, this is Holy God when he was a child like her, you know. And so she'd, she'd carry him around like a doll and love on him and kiss on him, you know, just, just like a little girl does with her dolls. She did this with her infant of Prague statue of Jesus. She just loved him very, very much. And she came to an understanding that she wanted to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. But in those days, you could only receive at 12 years old. It's interesting because sometimes you read stories of saints and they say that they received their first communion when they were 12 or they had to wait. And you think, "Ah, that well, that was different then. Well, it was different then. And so because she had this prognosis that she didn't have long to live, the sisters really, they knew that she understood the Eucharist probably better than most and that they would like her to be able to receive Jesus. So the the priest comes and visits and he questions her. She's over four now. And he's like, she has reached the age of reason. And they all kind of understand that even though she expresses herself simply, it's really profound. And everybody just understands she's she's a very holy child. And so he petitions the bishop, I think writes a letter or something. He petitions the bishop on behalf of Nellie so that she can receive communion before she dies. And But in the meantime, this is how she would do it. She would tell the nuns or whoever would do it for her. When you're at mass, as you see, she's in the infirmary. When you're at mass and you receive communion, then come, don't, don't stay. Come to see me quick so I can kiss you. And then you can go back and, and finish the prayers and end the mass. Um, because she really wanted to be as close to Jesus as she could. And she realized they have Jesus in them and she wants to kiss them. Well, but you know, before the 15 minutes is up, they say that that the Eucharist actually remains substantial within our body, you know. She would do things like that. One time when she was waiting and asking to receive Jesus in Holy Communion, she misunderstood. She somehow got it misunderstood and she thought that the priest said he was going to bring communion for her. And basically what he had said was, I'm going to come and see you. And so when he came to see her and she realized that she wasn't going to receive communion that day, she burst into tears. Can you imagine how he felt? So this, you know, led him to petition on her behalf to try to get her 
to uh, the bishop's approval to receive communion at such a young age. So anyway, he petitions the bishop and the bishop, there's a letter or word comes and the permission is granted. And so he's in the middle of his dinner and he just drops everything. You know, he puts down his napkin, leaves his dinner there and he, he goes to see Nellie to tell her the good news. Now this is not in the morning. This is either afternoon or evening. I think it's dinner time, so, or it could have been lunch, I guess, but it was after the daily mass and there wasn't gonna be any more mass that day. So he tells her. And the nuns are a little concerned because by this point in Nellie's life, she has to be carried everywhere. She can't walk anymore. She's really a suffering little girl. And sometimes people would say, oh, Nellie, you suffer so much. And she'd say, not like him. And she'd have her crucifix. She'd say, holy God suffered so much. And sometimes she'd look at him on the cross and cry. So this little girl really understood. But anyway, so the nuns, they're worried, her nurse especially, who was a sister, obviously, um, they're concerned that Nellie won't sleep and that she won't have the strength even to be carried to go to to the mass and receive communion. And truly, she she really doesn't sleep all night. She's so excited about it. And so she goes uh, and receives, receives her first communion. In telling you things that she might not have known, she did tell her nurse that Holy God would take her on his day, which would be a Sunday, and that she would get to wear her Holy Communion dress and she would be wearing it, and that the nurse would carry her to communion that day, and then she would be brought back to her bed and then she would go to Holy God. And it is how it happened. So little Nellie ends up dying at four and a half years old, and her story spreads around Ireland and eventually reaches the Pope, Pope St. Pius X. He had been contemplating changing the age, lowering it for, for children to receive communion. And he was just pondering it and kind of looking for a sign that that's what he should do. And when he heard her story, he realized that this was his sign. And from uh, 1910 on, then children receive typically their first communion when they're seven. But that's when it changed. And before that, it was 12. Our physical age doesn't really have a lot to do with our spiritual maturity. And often very young children are, are far superior to Catholics who've lived their whole life. I mean, it's just the way it is. It depends on our receptivity and cooperation with the Lord's grace in our life. And, you know, Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And little Nellie epitomizes this. Exactly a year and a week after her burial, they dug up her grave at St. Joseph's Cemetery, which had kind of become a shrine because she'd become, you know, devotion to her had kind of spread. They, they dug it up to transfer it to the convent cemetery. The priest and the nurse were there and another reliable witness. And they found her body completely as it was when she was buried. 
Her hands were supple and soft. She was wearing her first communion dress and it did not decompose in any way. Remember I mentioned that she had a disease in her jaw. Well, that diseased area of her jaw looked exactly like it did when she died. You know, it had, it had been eating away. It was damaged. And that was the only imperfection, but it was an imperfection she died with. Otherwise, her body was just like the day they buried her. And they documented it. And um, with witnesses and the priest and the nurse who had taken care of her. That's a beautiful story of little Nellie, a little saint in heaven, I'm sure. And to realize that in this day and time that we're in, where we've got, you know, the COVID-19 going on and so many people haven't been able to go to Mass and everything like that, you think about those who hunger for the Eucharist like Nellie did. You also have to think about people who had gone to Mass out of habit and, and, and not really understanding or being present to the fact that this is holy God, this is God. We can just kind of ponder those two things. And truly, Nellie's life can inspire us to appreciate the great gift of the Eucharist and to ask our Lord to help us love Him in the Eucharist as we should. Yes, He's veiled. He's veiled. He makes Himself hidden, you know, in bread, in wine. But if we have eyes of faith and St. Paul told us, ask, ask for all the good gifts. Ask. This is where you can be selfish if there's such a thing to be selfish. I don't think you can be selfish when it comes to doing God's will. Ask for the abundance of gifts and grace that he wants to give us so that we can recognize Jesus in the Eucharist and he will help us to love him more. In the meantime, as we're working through the process, practicing reverence, going on faith without consolation. This is pleasing to our Lord. It has been my pleasure to share the story of Nellie of Holy God with you today. Pray with me. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, we love you. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Omdurko, produced at the studios of Matriday Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit matridayradio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MatraDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.